Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. At Sandy Spring Bank, we care about people, not transactions. So we concentrate on creating personalized solutions to start or grow a business that provides for your family, to purchase a home that will house the memories you make there, to save so you can enjoy today and then pass on your legacy to future generations. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com real. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. Welcome to MLB Injury Insight, a podcast from Fantrax and Fantrax HQ featuring Doctor of Physical Therapy Nick Savale, providing you all you need to know about injuries, player timelines, and more, so that you can make informed decisions in your fantasy leagues. Now, here's your host, Dr. Nick Savale. Hello and welcome to another episode of MLB Injury Update. You're here with Nick Savali, physical therapist, and we're going to discuss some of the biggest injuries in the game today, along with a general overview on my opinions of baseball as a whole and why we seem to be noticing more soft tissue injuries, more injuries uh, across the game altogether. I think it has a lot to do with the the style in which people play the game, and uh, I'm going to start by getting into that. In a little bit, we'll discuss Bryce Harper, Jordan Alvarez, Ronald Acuna, and some of the other big names around the league. Uh, But like I said, I want to start out commenting on the game as a whole. I've gotten a lot of questions on Twitter or just a lot of comments on other other people's updates and statuses just saying, why are we seeing so many injuries? Why do so many of these injuries seem to be soft tissue, meaning muscle or tendon or ligament? And... Statistically, there is a bit of an increase in in injuries compared to past years, and that could be a little bit by chance. But I think a lot of it has to do with the way that the game is played. In the last few years, we've seen a value put on throwing harder, hitting the ball harder. There's emphasis across analytical teams in every big league club trying to maximize those two things as well as running faster, too, even though steals are not as important to the game analytically, uh, according to some organizations. But it it didn't used to be the case where people played baseball and they were trying to swing as hard as they could every time. And you, you listen to a lot of players from the past talk about their swing, and it was kind of relatable to a golf swing. As you swing as hard as you can, you're going to miss out on the contact. You lose value from your swing that way. And it seems like it's been transitioning into just swing out of your shoes uh, and, and sacrifice some control on your swing for some time now. And I think we can all agree that that has shown to be effective for some players. You got guys hitting 40 home runs but batting 210, and, and teams find that valuable. There are analytical decisions that go into that and you can avoid more double plays and we all know the background behind why but 
we're starting to see the injury side of things and the repercussions that this is going to take on a player and especially over a couple of years of this we're starting to see more and more people be hurt on swings or transitioning from a swing into into running vice versa on the pitcher's side of things you also see people throwing as hard as they can and getting injured on the pitch you know it's we're seeing what seems like fewer injuries that pop up midweek saying oh the pitcher's sore and more injuries that seem to pop up in game where they have to leave the game and walk off because they've just been thrown so hard that eventually muscles can't take it so i i see this ultimately developing in one of two ways either they're going to have to come up with some sort of load management type of scenario for these players to keep them on the field or the trend of throwing as hard as you can swinging as fast as you can running is going to have to kind of dial it back and go back to the other direction where there's a little bit more of a focus on finesse one of those things one of those two things has to happen or these injuries are going to continue increasing at the rate that they are and when you think about it it's really pretty simple math the amount of force these muscles are exerting are just increasing and increasing and the results are better but players are going to have to treat their bodies a little bit differently so it's something that a lot of the uh, traditionally and maybe stereotypically the older fan base doesn't like to hear about especially in the NBA there's the load management people taking games off and I completely understand the argument for that because part of being a professional athlete is being able to endure through these long seasons and and show your longevity. So that part of it gets left out. Um, and you're even seeing it in golf now. A lot of golfers are going over to the Live Tour instead of the PGA. Part of their reasoning alongside with better benefits for their caddies and, and probably a little bit more pay for most people's contracts is fewer tournaments, more rest in between tournaments. And I don't think you can hold these athletes today to the same standards you held people to in the 80s because they're just more dynamic athletes. They're doing harder things. They're hitting the ball farther, throwing faster, and all the things we mentioned before. So this is a fantasy-related show. We're going to bring this back to fantasy sports. What I anticipate seeing in the next few years is that projections will have to kind of dial it back to 140 to 145 games versus the I know a few sites go off 162, a few sites go off of 150 is kind of their their baseline. Uh, but I can see that number getting even shorter. The value of players that tend to play in more games will go up, even if they're not a per-game standout compared to the next guy. Um, and I think initially of a guy like Whit Merrifield, who's having not his best season, but he's still playing in most games, and he's maintaining his value because of those counting stats just accumulating, and you have someone to put in the lineup every day. And and part of that's important because if your guy has a an acceptable or a slightly above average batting average, and they play 155 games, that's going to give you more weight than the guy who's playing 130 so these types of players, just for sheer volume, are going to start to to have more value to them. And I think that's only going to get accentuated over the next few years because 
until these front offices kind of catch on and, and start realizing they might have to focus less on the dynamic throwing and, and hitting as hard as you can, this is going to be the trend where you're just going to get 130 excellent games out of somebody and you're going to have to rest them every fourth day or, or some ghost kind of IL stint. And um, I think Byron Buxton is a good example of that. He is somebody who the, the Twins have made a conscious effort to give rest days. And, and look what it's doing for him. He's on the field. He is showing some signs of, of breaking down here and there, but he hasn't had that three-month-long injury where he's had, you know, risks his entire season. I think he's up around near 20 home runs, and he's producing for that team. And I truly think that that is a model for the future of baseball if they're going to stick with this analytical approach of throwing hard, running hard, swinging hard. So it's a new type of strategy we'll have to account for over the next couple of years, and uh, it will put weight, it will put more weight on certain players than others. But um, if you are in a dynasty right now, and you have somebody who's playing every day, and even if they're not the best per game producer, I would put, I would, I would hold on to them and and get ready for their value to increase over these next few years because I think more teams are going to follow the Twins in in playing people and, and giving them rest breaks every few days. Um, so I want to move on to some specific players. I want to talk about Bryce Harper first. He had a fractured left thumb uh, from a pitch that left the hand of Blake Snell early last, earlier this week in San Diego. Bryce Harper is going to miss about six to eight weeks, which will bring him back late September. Um, this is is a pretty big blow for the Phillies. It's a huge blow to anybody who who had him in a, in their lineup for fantasy. There's really not much to say analytically here. He should be good to go around six to eight weeks. Knowing medical field this day and all the advancements and everything Bryce Harper has access to, I'd I'd guess more closer to that six week. But then there's the two-week ramp-up of rehab games and, and swinging. And so I think mid to late September is a pretty pretty good assumption. He'll be back right around then at full strength. If you're somebody who's way out in front in a roto league or if you're confident you're going to make the playoffs and you want to make the trade for him and, and give someone who who's hunting just to get into the playoffs uh, a decent outfielder or pitcher to try to make that move, I don't think that's a bad idea because I, I will say when he comes back, I expect him to be at full force. And uh, the only thing that may hold him back is I don't know if he's going to go and try to steal as many bases, sliding headfirst into that second base, and also not taking as big a leads because he's not going to want to slide headfirst back into first base. Uh, that's the only thing I really see hindering him. A fracture, like we've talked about in previous episodes, is more predictable of a recovery and uh, it's not so much like a ligament tear or a muscle muscle tear. Those are more prone to re-injury, so uh, you can expect him to come back with, with full force. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., we're talking about him already again, but this is, this is a, a more positive note than earlier this year when um, we weren't sure when he was going to come back. It looks like he may return to the lineup tonight or tomorrow. That's Thursday the 30th is today. Um, Either way, he should be back in the Braves lineup by the end of the week. The foot injury was just a bruise. Things are healing up, and uh, this should not 
affect him at all going forward, just to be a little footnote on the rest of the season. So get him back in your lineups. No need to hold him out or worry about him exiting the lineup anytime soon. Looks like that's just about healed up. Salvador Perez is an interesting case. Uh, A lot of information has come out in the last week that he had previously injured his catching thumb, the the left thumb of the catcher's mitt there. The ulnar collateral ligament of the thumb is extremely important to catching and stabilizing the, the hand and wrist when receiving a pitch. And this is something that I have sprained in the past. It can be extremely painful trying to catch a ball, especially if you miscatch it a little bit and it it gets a little bit um, higher in the pocket of the glove than you want it to, uh, especially on a, on a sharp diving curveball. If you end up catching that ball kind of like a snow cone without the massive and impressive wrist strength that most catchers have, that really destroys your thumb. And Salvador Perez has as much strength in his wrist as anybody in the MLB, but over time, that's going to really really bother you and it's it seems like he's reached that breaking point um and they've found a tear in that ulnar collateral ligament that needs repairing so he's he's now on the injured list he's going to be out at least eight weeks it sounds like when he comes back I wouldn't be surprised if he's DHing they have MJ Melendez out there in, in Kansas City who is an extremely interesting player at catcher hitting the ball hard all the time They'll probably be relying heavily on him behind the plate now. I don't know if that takes away from his hitting at all. That'd be something else to look for. Um, but he's secured even more playing time than than he had previously. But in terms of Salvador Perez, I mean, this is a really rough injury. It, it, it's hard for his swing because of that left hand being the, the bottom hand. As you come around through the zone, your right hand is sitting right on top of that thumb and you're generating a lot of force down towards the knob of the bat. And I can tell you from experience that is not very comfortable, and it's going to consciously or subconsciously cause you to kind of hold back a little bit. It, It did for me. It was something that in the back of your mind, you're like, if I really rip it on this one, I'm going to feel it in my thumb. So that split second hesitation is the difference between pulling a ball over the fence or getting jammed and dribbling a grounder towards the shortstop. So it's a concerning injury for Sal, and unfortunately he's going to follow up two excellent seasons, historical seasons for a catcher, with uh, with this year, which he, didn't not, he did not get off to a hot start. And it sounds like he's not going to be back for a couple months. So that brings us to September, in which case I think he's going to be brought back on slowly because uh, Kansas City will be – Unlikely to be contending for a, a pennant or anything deep into the postseason, so they're going to want to save him and get him ready for 2023. So unfortunate news for Sal and the, and the Royals, um, but I, I'm not going to count on him coming back particularly strong or with the, the same volume that he had earlier this season. All right, we're moving on to Jordan Alvarez, uh, my favorite hitter in the league. Unfortunately, experienced a collision with Jeremy Pena last night in shallow left field in Houston and uh, they're still evaluating him for concussion he walked off the well I got up to his feet while still on the field and um, at the point where we are recording right now there's no update on an expected return 
we'll keep you posted on Twitter and, and through the next podcast. But yeah, at this point in time, we're still waiting on a, on a conclusion to that injury. So we'll keep you posted there. All right. And with more positive news, the Mets are, are going to be getting some reinforcements in the next few weeks. They're starting to discuss a return for Jacob deGrom to minor league rehab starts. That means things must be going well. Not a ton of news coming out of the DeGrom camp or or the Mets camp regarding his recovery in the last few weeks, but they have officially announced through uh, Mike Puma on Twitter that the Mets are discussing the possibility of a Sunday night minor league rehab start at St. Lucie. So excellent news for DeGrom and the Mets. They are probably confident in the way that the scapula looks and x-rays. If they're even considering this, that means things look fully healed. So it's only a matter of time before he feels built up. We can possibly expect him coming out of the all-star break either with being on the rotational schedule or maybe he'll be slated for a week away or something like that. So anybody who has DeGrom who held on to him or acquired him through this time, get ready because we've got another stud coming back pitching in the major leagues. And we've also got Max Scherzer on his way back. He made a rehab start last night and looked good there's all signs that he's going to return full health uh they're going to build up his pitches probably pretty cautiously i could see them doing three rehab starts max i would say no pun intended before he gets back up to the major leagues so he's another guy where maybe the right after the all-star break you're going to start seeing his name pop up in the projected pitchers so really good news for the Mets. They're getting reinforcements. They're already looking good this year. Um, most of the other news reported in this uh, pod today was a little bit more negative. But uh, we'll, we'll see the return of some of the best in the game. Ronald Acuna, Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom coming back soon. Um, hang tight with us through the Jordan Alvarez updates and, and Jeremy Pena as well. And we will get that information to you at ASAP. Uh, Thanks for listening in. I hope this is helping you guys out and you gals out with your fantasy teams. And uh, any any questions on specific players, feel free to send out those tweets and catch me on Twitter. And then direct messages, good too. We've got a couple of those this week for some minor league players and always happy to help with that. So uh, we'll talk soon. And uh, everybody, enjoy your 4th of July weekend, whatever you are doing. Stay safe. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.